Welcome to That's So Retrograde. Oh my God. Here we are. It's another day in the neighborhood. It's a wellness show. Yep. And other things. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm Elizabeth Cott. Hello, Elizabeth. I'm Stephanie Simbari. And this episode, this fine episode, before we get started, I would like to shout out our beautiful Patreon page. Yeah, you guys, we're making it happen. We've got exclusive content in the world of meditations, bonus episodes, pre-released episodes. Live hangs. And more. And... Anything really that your heart could imagine or desire will probably be up there. So soul journey your way over to patreon.com slash so retrograde. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash so retrograde. Spelled that for you, Mom. And uh, we'll see you there. Guys, do the right thing. Join the tribe. That was a do- That's a Dr. Laura phrase. Oh, I don't know. Do um, the right thing? Listen to Dr. Dr. Laura. Laura. You don't listen to reformed feminists? spew anti-Obama stuff? I do. Oh, no, I don't have serious uh, satellite radio in my car since it was made in 2006 before satellite or auxiliary cords. So if you guys have some CDs you want me to listen to. You got that. I'm your girl. I'll make you a mixtape. Got a six CD changer. Yes. Guys, Steph's birthday's coming up. Yep. But I feel like we'll cover that in the next show, the debauchery. As a gift, I'd love all of you to join the Patreon. Okay. We got it. That's just where my thoughts are at. Um, But I think we should cover a little bit about the debauchery of last weekend as it was a Halloween weekend, a big, a big weekend for all ages. If you're a homeowner, you've got kids coming over constantly asking for candy and other things. If you're a teen, you're, I don't know what teens do, but I, I know. I think teens, um, from what I can remember from being a teen yeah. not too long ago, was um super short time ago was egging people in and homes yeah uh, toilet papering people in homes shaving cream people in homes and possibly getting blackout drunk on zimas so again if you're a homeowner halloween <laughs> not your holiday but um in as a teenager i don't i didn't dress up i like kind of stopped i dressed up as a troublemaker in my neighborhood oh it was real fun your recap that makes sense yeah (laughs) um what'd you do tell us you know by the time that real halloween came around i was pretty much over halloween yeah um as i'm a 31 soon to be 32 year old single woman uh and I didn't have much to give when it came down to Halloween. I went out on Friday and Saturday, and I dressed as the same thing, as you know. Which was? Which was the first public sighting of pregnant Kylie Jenner. That's a sentence. Which I think is a great costume. Any any sentence is a good costume. Now, the first night that I wore the costume, I felt empowered. I felt like I was, like... Topical. Topical, like, toppling the patriarchy, not yeah. being sexy. I was at a party with, like, younger people, and, like, all these young girls were like, I'm obsessed with you. It's so funny how you're not sexy or And I was like, I'm going to take that as a compliment because you're trying way too hard, sweetheart. The next night I wore the same costume at a different party, an older crowd. And suddenly I felt as though I was um, a little tone deaf. Yeah. Like everyone was trying really hard, but like in a cool, like creative, elevated way. And I was just like feeling very dumpy and gross. Mm -hmm. And it turned from being like a funny... Uh, social commentary uh, into a not-so-funny 
social experiment um, in which a, a pregnant woman gets no love. Right. And um, I was also on the verge of getting my period, so I felt pregnant. It felt important. There was a lot of food at the party, and I just kept saying, I'm eating for two. And then I went home and sadly cried by myself and woke up in a puddle of two bagels. So it really was like a pregnancy experience. That's so retrograde. <laughs> That's all I have to say. It wasn't great. I was like, what have I done? But it was weird. There was, oh, this is what I wanted to say. So I was, on one hand, feeling very sad that I wasn't getting hit on because, as we all know, I'm I'm parched. Um, <laughs> that means thirsty. She's the thirsty girl. But um, this girl, so I was waiting in the bathroom at the party, and this young girl, she was probably in her 20s, like young 20s, and she had the really cool, like, hand-painted, like, uh, reptilian scale makeup on her forehead. Ooh. And I was like, oh, my God, your makeup is really cool. I love your costume. And then instead of, before she even, like, took the compliment and received it she was like oh my god no like it's not what I wanted it to be and I just like it's like all messed up and then I looked down and the girl was like literally naked like she was wearing a see-through black bodysuit and her tits were like fully up and like supported and like she was naked and I just immediately got so sad that like she was completely naked. I was like, if this isn't enough for you to where you feel like your sexiest best self, then you should also be dressed as a pregnant person or in a fucking paper bag. Because Interesting. It just made me sad that, like, she she couldn't, she felt so insecure and sad. Yeah, I mean, if I was in a see-through mesh anything, I would feel that. <laughs> if I chose to be in a see-through mesh bodysuit, I'd be like, right? This is, like, literally the best it's ever going to get. Like, you only wear that if it's, like, the hottest you're ever going to be. And then I was like, oh, my God, to be in your young 20s and be naked and it still not be good enough was, like, a devastating. That's hard. Yeah. Those are things you learn in your 30s. Yeah. And then I was like, well, uh, you could also be me and be just this, so... Pick your poison, sweetie. <laughs> you or, guys should have traded. Or we could all just stay home. I know. I was, like, down to be in a fucking body. So I don't know what the fuck I was doing. Um, I love that. But it was an interesting experience. And I That's feel like great. I will treat um, pregnant women with a little bit more uh, attention and reverence. And I'm just seeing them as more beautiful as the days pass. Lesson learned. Yeah. Gotta love that. And similarly with overweight people. Also. I'm so sorry that society Lesson received. you out. It's really, really unfortunate. Well, my Halloween, since you asked. I was ab- I hate it when you like do, do that because it's like I'm about to ask. Yeah, no. I'm letting the moment linger. I was just I'm not like, afraid of silence. Right. And then you like act like I. I'm just trying to just keep the show going. Oh, wait, We've got stop. an exciting okay, ready? guest. Hold on. Go back. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so that was my Halloween. Beat. Elizabeth, how was your Halloween? Oh, my God. See? Thank you for asking. It was coming. That's great. Yeah. Um, Halloween was lovely. I Here's one. Here's the lesson I learned. Uh-huh. Okay. Went to Shape House on Robertson, uh-huh. an amazing infrared location where you lay horizontal in an infrared sweat sleeping bag-esque contraption. Not sponsored. Not sponsored, but really open to it. Hi, Sophie, who owns it. We love you. Um, they have a few locations. Check them out, guys. Um, but um, so I did that, then cr- promptly got ready mm-hmm. to go out. Um, it was like an earlier party. It was a costume karaoke party. So fun. fun. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Was at like 7 o'clock. Got there at 7.30. Casually late, Great of time course. Great party. Um, afterwards, we go to Korean barbecue. Delicious, low-key, off-the-beaten-path Korean barbecue place so in K-Town. My favorite party. Love that, love that, love that. The tequila, the sweat, the lack of hydration all caught the up beef. to me. 
Yeah, all the, the meat sweats. <laughs> all caught up to me just about like halfway through the meal to the point when we got to three-fourths of the way through the meal. I had to excuse myself and get a car to go home. Oh, my God. Because I like the infrared sweat. Mix. I don't usually go out at a time that I'm going to do an infrared sweat because I know that this happens. But yeah. sometimes we have like generational forgetting and we just need to be reminded in the worst of ways where you have to just do an Irish exit and leave the party. And I woke up in the next morning feeling lame. But... So let's separate our wellness routines from our party routines. Exactly. So I feel like this is just a PSA to like if you're going to infrared sweat, which we here at So Retrograde definitely condone, mm-hmm. um, we condemn than going out afterwards, unless you feel like turning into a noodle. (laughs) And that's what happened to me. Okay. Yeah. So you dress as a noodle on Halloween. Exactly. (laughs) But I do want to shout out, we have a fun event happening November 9th here in Venice, Mm -hmm. California, Mm -hmm. with Sage Wellness. If you guys don't know about this company, you should. They're fabulous. They have like... don't know. Now now you know. know. Aromatherapy phenomenal products all natural all fabulous we're doing an event at their gorgeous event space it's a night with that so retrograde it's gonna be acupuncture and card readings and natural beauty makeovers and stephanie and i talking and food and drinks curated by Alyssa goodman presented by m cafe it's gonna be so much fun uh you can find more information about that on our events tab on our website and pretty excited about our guest today I was wondering when we were going to get there. I've just been chomping at the bit. I can see her. You can come in. So we're very elated about today's guest. As aforementioned. Uh, she is has been mentioned, actually name dropped a few times by other guests as people who they enjoy in the meditation and consciousness space. community. And she happens to be a dear friend of mine. Welcome to the show, Biet Simkin. Hey. Hello, my love. How's it going? So good. So happy to have you here. You're normally based in New York and all over the place yes. doing your thing. So this is a treat. It's good to be here. Um, you are an artist and spiritual teacher whose work in meditation guides self-inquiry, art, music, and fashion, offering an explosive experience. I got that explosive experience part from your website, but I would agree. Oh, thanks. So... I'm bummed that I have never experienced the magic. Oh. We'll have to do that. Yeah, yeah we will. After bonus content. Bonus content after right. this, not today. So yeah. please share with us and your and our audience, like what's your perspective on meditation? Perspective on it? Yeah. I mean, it's um meditation is something that's necessary if you're looking to have a really blissed out life. And so, I mean, there's all there's alternate routes to that level of bliss, and some of them are like heroin and <laughs> um, crack. <laughs> but the problem with heroin and crack, at least last time I checked, is that they um, they stain your life, they destroy your life, and they create a massive residue. And on top of that, I don't think heroin or crack or all the other drugs that bring you to a state of bliss for a short period of time. Um, ever let you know how you got there and meditation actually does and so I think it's really important I also think um, most people don't know what they're doing so it really is important to find uh, someone who actually does and be guided by them well said and so when you mean they don't know what they're doing what does that exactly mean like meditation isn't just like sitting in a dark corner with your thoughts (laughs) <laughs> not no that thoughts. I do that. I'm just I'm just throwing that <laughs> yeah. out there. It could be. Um, thinking is definitely not um, a great 
you know, like the the highlight of meditation isn't thinking because right. the, the problem with our lives is that we're constantly thinking. And so, yes, like in a meditation practice, sometimes for many years even, you will just still have thoughts and you'll be watching them and whatever. There's lots of techniques to deal with that. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're just thoughts and there they are. But I think over time, you start to get to know a different part of yourself. And that different part of yourself is so much sweeter than your thinking mind that you're able to actually start choosing. Like it's it becomes a choice. Like how much time do I want to spend in this mind? How much time do I want to spend in that mind? And then it becomes like your mind, your thinking mind becomes a tool that you you can wield rather than this like epic psychotic freak that ruins your life. Right, because when you said that I was going to say, well, I don't know if we spend too much time thinking or if we spend too much time unconsciously right. reacting to our thinking. Because mm, all of it. I don't know if I'm really thinking all the time. You are. <laughs> I think I'm more not thinking all the time and then doing mm. stupid shit because of that. Mm, you're you're what thinking. It's all of it. Me get out of. <laughs> no, it's turned <laughs> off. <laughs> Okay, so what's your technique that you teach? And I know that's not really what we're here to talk about, but I'm curious. Um, I So I'm an artist first and foremost, whatever that means. And I see myself as someone who, for some reason or another, just understands the other side of reality and mm. has had a great amount of time spent there. And so... Um, I four years ago or so I founded a meditation system and that was after 30 years of study with my father and varied practices that I've you know thrown myself and engulfed myself in but four years ago I founded the system and the thing that set it apart was you know doing it inside of art galleries and museums doing it not dressed in a turban like not no incense no candles like just this totally different space where everyone can dress the way that they would dress if they were going to an event and um, and then I score the meditations with my own music. Cool. I think the other thing that is different, a little bit different about my meditation is that people say that I'm sort of like a Louis C.K. of meditation. <laughs> like I curse and it's sort of um, it's sort of like pe- people often come up to me after my events to tell me that I should s- think about becoming a stand up comedian. Like as if I have time to you form a new so career. You are so funny. <laughs> you really have this like phenomenal rapport like dialogue in between the meditations and in between your singing that's like very unique. Do you and know I love what that. will ruin your meditative mind? Stand-up Becoming comedy. a stand-up comedian. <laughs> <laughs> Trust. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. That's so cool. We need to do that. We need to we need to get you one of that's a retrograde exclusive. Yeah. We will awesome. do that for sure. So what's really exciting is that you shared with us that you have a book coming out in yeah. twenty eighteen. That is... Um, Does it have a title? Yes. What's it called? Don't Just Sit There, 44 Laws to Get You Off the Meditation Cushion and Into the Real World. Ooh. Or 44 Meditation Practices, whatever, to get you off the meditation So cushion. you have this these laws, as you mentioned. Yes. And I wanted to talk about some of those today, in particular, one that really spoke to us that I, I think is so relatable. So can you, can you delve into that a bit? Sure. Um, so yeah, so the idea behind the book and, and these 44 laws is that, and, and I didn't conceive these laws, um, obviously they're influenced by me. It's like my interpretation of these 44 laws. But um, the idea is that on, on a very normal day, like on a normal day when you wake up and you're like, yay, it's a day and I'm going to go have an egg sandwich and then like go to yoga or whatever. On that day, um, you're underneath 48 laws that keep you from your enlightenment. Or 48. Like, I'm writing about 44. There's really mm-hmm. 48. And where do these laws come from? 
So it's derived from this thing called fourth-way work, which I'm, I'm a teacher of, okay. and it goes back to India. So it's everything goes back as to it, India, As it basically. all does. <laughs> <laughs> Just basically, it's like, are you walking a spiritual path? Yeah, it comes from India, basically. So um, And so these laws are, really the thing I love about these laws is that they're philosophically based. So they're given to you as uh, something to play with. Mm -hmm. So you take them and then you try seeing them and the way they're keeping you from your enlightenment and your happiness, your joy, your freedom, and your consciousness in your real life. And then you go and you see, and then you really start seeing how those laws are actually working against you. And once you start seeing that, you can, again, make a choice. Like choice is something that we can't have if we don't see that there's other options. Right. So it's this very different situation. So one of the laws, and I think we talked about us speaking about, is the law of seven, which I call the law of success. There's tons of ways to tell the story of the law of seven, but the way that I like to speak about it is the law of success, and that helps people because I think we're all very, um, especially so the the work that I teach is meant to be for the the householder. It's meant to be for someone who has sex, buys real estate, you know, um, shops, anyone. Yeah. He's a grown up. <laughs> yeah. I haven't hit up. the buys real estate moment yet. Not there yet, but, but I'm in I'm in I'm into it though. And so no but I'm <laughs> open to it. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Not sponsored, but open to yeah. it. <laughs> Anyone wants to give me money to buy a house. Anyone want to just it. give us a house? Yeah. <laughs> or like seven of them. Yeah. I'm like so about it. But you know I love when you know when someone's a rich one, they'll be like, I have a home here, I have a home. Like exactly. no one with one home says they have a home. You wanna have Some a few place. homes. Yeah. I think that's yeah. really the a few tiny ones. Yeah. That's my goal. Easy to yes. upkeep. There I we like go. that. Okay, so from the nice homeowner's meditation. We're just manifesting homes. <laughs> well, yeah. Re- yeah, so it's called, it is a householder meditation. Okay. So it's meant to be for, what I meant by that wasn't like, and because you said grown-ups, I love that. I just meant like people who don't renounce their belongings and move to an ashram. Oh. So that's not so the you, kind of meditation I teach. Right. Yeah. No, you're in the, the air quote, Western. Yeah. Uh, commerce-oriented meditative space. Correct, yeah. yeah. So, But the actual work that I've studied for over 30 years is is that. Like, that's where it's derived from. It's derived called. from meditations that are meant to, like, happen in a, in a what's the word? Uh, modern era? M- modern, but that wasn't the word I was looking for. Right. But yeah. Just in, invi- there is invisible work. So it's kind of like, you wouldn't know that I'm meditating right now, you Ooh, know, or like scary. you wouldn't know that I'm doing <laughs> spiritual work because I'm at my desk and like, it seems like I'm right. really normal, but like secretly, I no, have I like this that. practice. That's awesome. I think that's something that keeps people from wanting to meditate or even being able to relate to it is because in their mind, it exists in the other space that you're talking about, which is like, if I'm going to meditate, I, I may as well just become a monk or something. Right. And that doesn't work for most people in, in the day-to-day life that they're living and I think that's like a definite barrier to entry yeah because it just feels like it's separate and I like what you're saying I agree and I felt like that was what was missing mm-hmm. when when I created this whole thing and it really was missing like that's there was awesome. nothing going on there was like crickets so what sets it apart from other meditation forms um, what you do because I, I know yeah. that like you kind of like walk through this world in a meditative state and I'm so fascinated by that what sets my work apart from, like, other meditation styles, you mean, or the actual, like, experience? Both. I mean, there's so many things that mm-hmm. set it apart, but I think most importantly it's this idea that we are trying to become conscious and that we actually can't just do that. And I, I think a lot of people want to sell you this idea that, like, if you just learn this one technique, like, or whatever, then all of a sudden, like, magically you're going to 
have the thing. And mm-hmm. I that's not my experience. My experience is that when you learn the technique, whichever technique it is, you, you get faced with like a, a brick wall of um, sadness and uh, disillusionment and fear and... Um, a lot of my clients, like people who work with me privately, like two months into working with me are like, wait, what? Like they did, they didn't know what they signed up for. Like kind not of feeling thing. awesome. Not feeling awesome, but also being like, wait, I didn't know that it was going to require this much work on my part. You know, mm-hmm. and by six months in, they're like, oh, and then like by a year in, if they stay that long, because some people are just like after six months, their life is so transformed, they're done. But after a year, usually it's like really done. And so... I literally have nothing to talk to them about anymore. Like, Mm. my clients will just be like, what once was, like, problem after problem, they'll be like, okay, I got it, like, because we did the work. And so once you do the work, you have an easier time, basically. So I want to get back to the one of the barriers, or as you call them, the... The laws. The laws. Yeah, the laws. So the laws are what are keeping us from our ability to connect into the practice, would yeah. you say? Yeah, or co- just ability to be awake. Okay. I like how you said well, you wake up underneath all these laws because, like, there are definitely mornings when I wake up and I'm like, huh, <gasps> like I feel them. Yeah. And then there are other mornings where I'm like, huh, Light I must have done something right last night because I don't have the, <laughs> the things that are weighing me down. Yeah. And it would be cool to be able to always know how to unburden myself in those moments I mean what I do is like I journal then I meditate then I go outside like I have to like you know actively really get the wheels fucking turning I think you're not alone in that that's normal but that's also because you wake up with this it's a new day you're you're being reborn yeah so it's like okay yeah and some days are better than others (laughs) yes whatever the moon is doing it's fucking me up yeah (laughs) or helping me out yeah that's one of the things that, the, you know, the moon is one of the principles, right? Oh, it it's, is? Well, it's definitely like the idea that the moon is like, it's intense. It's feeding on us. Like it is a orbital of this planet. So it's using our energy. Mm-hmm. And if we are one with the planet, then it's using right. our energy, <laughs> you know? So we are what it is using. It's feeding on us mm-hmm. to subservive. That's how it survives. No, and then it just falls out of the sky. <laughs> it's, got, it's moving away slowly, but we want it to stay as close as possible because it's actually providing us with a, a planet. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. It's well, like yeah. what? Yeah, it's so wild. Can you think? Of, did you realize that? Like, if the moon left, we wouldn't have a planet. Yeah, we would be like drop out of orbit. I don't know what would happen. And the ocean it's... would cease to exist, and yes. all this crazy shit. So crazy. Yeah. Science. I know. Science. We're not important. <laughs> we are. We are not special. <laughs> we are important. That's the, that's the fucked up thing about... Can I curse on this? Of yeah. course. The, that's the fucked up thing about all of this, though, is that really, like, truth is found in contradiction. So what you just said is completely true, but the other truth is, is that we matter so much, and each one of us matters so much. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that really helps me to remember that, because when I don't remember that, and I'm not an embodiment of that... I'm bound to be, you know, down. Mm-hmm. Like, that'll bring me down. Especially, like, I don't know if you've ever gotten into chats over, like, Thanksgiving or something with people who are, like, atheists or, you know, skeptics or any of those things. Someone said that like to like, I don't believe that we have a soul. I was like, hold on. What? <laughs> I've never heard anybody say that before. 
Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, I mean, because there's so many things to believe. And I'm I'm all for everyone believing whatever they want to believe. But what I'm saying is when someone tries to tell me and then I'm like, hmm, like when I was younger, I used to get really, I was susceptible to that. And so I would be like, maybe there is no meaning to it all. And then I would go down like a depression spiral because right. for me, that doesn't work as a theology. Like I can't live in a world where there's no meaning. Right doesn't work like I'm happy for whoever that works for you know yeah that's what I said to the girl with the no soul thing I was like but then how do you justify like all these things and it was interesting because she was like you know what normally when I say this to people they just like turn away from me and they don't want to have this conversation and I really mm-hmm. appreciate mm-hmm. you having this conversation with me I was like I appreciate you having this conversation with me because my reaction to you was fucking rude because at first I was like wanted to tell her that I thought she was stupid, which <laughs> I didn't, but she could tell energetically that I was just kind of like, wait, what What now? the fuck? I've mm-hmm. literally never heard anybody's, even like I feel the atheists that I've talked to can like weirdly, they won't say there's a God, but they'll say there's a soul. It was really interesting. Hmm. Whatever. That's a total di- digression. That is interesting. Yeah. It was wild. Okay. So the seventh law. So yeah, the, the law of seven. The yeah. law of seven. So the law of seven works like this. So it's this idea that everything, everything in the world on this planet works inside of the law of seven and the law of seven can be described um, and can be seen in nature it can be seen in a rainbow it can be seen in in the scales of music which mm-hmm. i think music is the like a holy tapestry of evidence that we uh come from something much more beautiful than mm. than what we deal with day to day in the news or whatever but like when you think about the the notes, there's seven notes, and then it comes back. It's called an octave, right? Mm-hmm. So it's do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, si, do. And so the way, using that as a template to describe the law of seven, um, I use each piece to describe the different parts of the law of seven. So the law of seven basically says, like, just because you want to do something doesn't mean you can. And so if you look around you, I mean, if you look around L.A., like L.A., right? Mm-hmm. Just where we are right now. Um, most people aren't living their dream. They're not like waking up and being like, yeah, I'm just living my best life, you know, and they're just waking up like they're not. Most people are not having that experience. I don't know what experience. Maybe they're enjoying whatever suffering they're in. But it's certainly not like if they were to write down on a piece of paper like their life's vision. It's not what they're living. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that isn't because they're not good people or they don't deserve it or they don't matter or they're not special. It's really because of this law, actually. And so... So the idea is this. So do, re, mi is the phase where one gets excited about something. So it'd be like if you and me were at a party and we were like snorting a bunch of coke and I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, like, oh, my God, I love you so much. Like, oh, my God, I'm going to so write this screenplay about this girl who becomes a millionaire and she like lives in Beverly Hills. She's amazing. And you're like, that's so dope. And she should have a dog named Bruno. And then I'm like, that's amazing. I'm writing it down. And I take some notes. And in the morning, I wake up with like a giant hangover at 3 p.m. and go have some Chinese food. Right. right. So <laughs> that and that's where like that whole idea landed. So Doremi is really just the inception period. It's also your best Anna Faris impression. Oh, yeah, that was good. That was real good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I wasn't even attempting, but yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that's one one example. Another example, you don't have to be a coke addict to live in Doremi. Most people are in Doremi in all areas of their life. So Doremi is, so next week I'm going to start a paleo diet. Right. And that is, it's going to be amazing. And it starts on Monday, and that's amazing. And so, like, Doremi is the part where you're just, like, buying the book on paleo diets and Googling paleo recipes and buying a Vitamix. Like, that's that right, phase. the excitement. Yeah, you're, like, stoked. You're going to be so good at this paleo thing. And then, of course, um, that 
that's not the way it looks like about a weekend when you're going. Fasola. We're not at Fasola oh. yet. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> yeah. So do re mi is basically like just that phase. And then um, then hits this thing called the first interval. So if you look at a scale of musical mm-hmm. notes, there's a first rest and then there's another rest between the notes. So it's mm-hmm. do re mi, rest, Fasola, rest, si do, or like something there's a rest between C and Do, something like that. So there's two rests. And I call those intervals. And an interval is a point of difficulty or denying force. It's a point when everything that you thought was a great idea in that do-re-mi phase is just about to become kind of difficult. Not like impossible, but difficult. So like you go, you're on this paleo diet, it's going so well, you've lost like three pounds <laughs> and you look you like better the exact same you look basically the same but you're like proud and yeah. so yeah and you you go to uncle sammy's house who's like your uncle and he is having like this amazing epic american style barbecue with all your family and you're already emotional because your family's there but now there's like these incredible burgers on the on the grill and with the buns and the gruyere cheese and you're like fuck it just fuck it. Like, that's it. So that right there, that's the first denying force. It's like difficulty. And when it comes to business, it's different things. It's like, oh, you have this idea. And then it gets a little bit difficult. And you're like, oh, you know, but then there's also other conflicts, like the way that people deviate. It's like the road there's, you know, like labyrinths have walls and then mm-hmm. you have to turn left, right? So people's lives are like labyrinths and they don't have, they don't have an end point. You need two different points if you're going to get to the end. One point needs to be completely outside the map. Mm-hmm. So one point cannot be in the map. If you're, if you're so goal oriented that you're like, I will get the cheese and it's left, right, left, right, left, right. And, and a little, uh, you know, what do you call, cul-de-sac and, and then a left, right. And I'm there. Like, even if you know that, then you're still in the maze. And even if you did get the fucking cheese, you're going to be depressed once you get it because you're going to be like, cheese, that's not what I wanted. (laughs) So it is really about having these two very clear aims and one of them being otherworldly, an energetic bliss, a state of love, a state of deep peace. And um, so that's the first denying force. It like blocks you. It's, It's like that force it's like a wall inside the labyrinth and mm-hmm. you're like now I'm gonna go left and you're like just like a sleeping person so it's any amount of of difficulty or um like a hiccup like in a plan like say we move forward with something that we want to do and everything is lining up and then suddenly it's like oh wait you're not gonna get the money or the person that's not available to meet you and then instead of like just stopping and resting and being like okay let us just like reconsider we would just give up Correct. Okay. Yeah. Uh, And it's not like, you know, I'm not saying that like everything in life we should push forward towards. Of course, some things you just let them move on. But I'm talking about big life goals. We just let them go like real big things, things that matter to us very deeply. Mm -hmm. We'll like throw away at the sign of one little difficulty. Oh, well, my mom's sister is sick, so I got to go take care of her. It's like, well, figure it out. You know, go do both. Like if you if you really want this thing. Yeah, it's like with people in like the business world or even in like in LA, especially just coming from my own experience, like if one guy, like one guy or girl, doesn't matter, but one person in a position of power treats them poorly or like they have like a couple of bad auditions mm-hmm. or, you know, a bad job and whatever. It's like that can be such a thing where people are just like, I got to rethink this whole thing. Right. But they just fully changed direction. Full on. Yeah. So what should we be listening to those cues or should we be like surgeoning through so that's the thing so uh, i'll go through the whole thing so then there's um 
the denying force and the, in that denying force to get through to the other side to Fasolah, which is like, a, imagine it like a ravine, mm-hmm. you'll need an inner resource. This is where meditation and prayer really come in. Okay. I call it asking because I'm not religious, but I do believe that we need to communicate with our inner worlds. Mm-hmm. We need to beg it to help us. So I say to my inner world every day, please guide me. Please show me what my next step is to be. Take the people from my life that don't belong there. Put the people in who do. And mm-hmm. it's done. And so mm-hmm. it is. But I ask. And asking is like a very important feature. So without asking and without meditation or some form of spiritual practice, you can't really make it through the ravine. So you really won't necessarily right. make it to Fasala. And even if you do, it's not it's not really the full picture. Right. right. So like you get to Fasala and Fasala is called foundation and nectar. And Fasala is like a really sweet period where everything's going really well. So if, it would be like if you started a cupcake shop and the cupcake shop is doing so well that it has like a line around the corner and there's talk around the town about how amazing your cupcakes are. And like and maybe it's you've 2011. No. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the cupcake craze. That oh, was, was that 2011? Was I don't that the know. cupcake phase? I don't know. It was around the time that um, Froyo was making a big, a big splash. <laughs> oh yeah. Didn't did what's her name? Sex in the City bring cupcakes back with her magnolia. Oh right, mm. it was the magnolia cupcakes. Yeah, we could do a whole dissertation on the trend of trending of desserts. But to be to your point, <laughs> my dumb comment. We have a successful cupcake shop. Everyone's stoked on it. People are stoked. Say it's a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You've been written up in a few, like, local gazettes, you know, whatever. But it's not like you are literally on the front page of Time magazine, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you're just a cupcake shop that, like, maybe you got written up in a local gazette, something like that. And it's amazing. Like, you're making money. You're making cupcakes. Like, it's so fucking cool. It's great. Fasola, most people don't get to Fasola. Just being clear. Like, I just want to be super clear. Most people do not ever get to Fasola. So that's like something to note. It's really sad. And beautiful because it really speaks to these forces. Like when I think about these laws working against me, I see it as a gift. Like I'm like, bring it. Like the same level that I would feel, I think a football player would be like, run at me, bitch. Because it's like, (laughs) fuck you. Like I'm going to get this ball to the end zone because I'm amazing and there's nothing you can do to stop me. Once you understand that those laws can't stop you, Mm -hmm. you are a superhero. So like to me, those laws are not like, I'm, like, stoked. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, like, yeah, and most people don't get there. Ha <laughs> ha. You know, because I really believe that they can. Yeah. They just don't know that they can. They don't right. remember that they can. Right. So they're in Fasola. They're in Fasola. If you, so, you, so imagine this small percentage of people get mm-hmm. to Fasola. Mm-hmm. And Fasola is really sweet, comfortable, great. And so you can actually get stuck there because then you're, like, oh, honey, I made it. Like, now. And then you get diverted. Like, now you're going to start making babies and all of a sudden you're this or whatever you're doing. And now the cupcake shop has just become, like, this thing, you know? But you're still not the fully realized. Like, you didn't turn the cupcake shop into, like, a philanthropic venture that also helps, like, villages and God knows where. Right? Right. Right. That would be, like, a different level, right? Right. So that becomes the second law. Uh, the second interval, it's called the law of impossibility. And the law of impossibility is much harder than the first interval. So the first interval is just like, oh, my sister called and she wants me to babysit. Guess I can't follow up on that screenplay I was going to write, like that kind of thing. But this becomes like really big things happen. Like you get broken up with or your house burns down someone your parents die like shit like you you go completely broke 
Yeah, that's definitely, yeah. You go completely broke. And maybe, <clears throat> I know nothing about that. <laughs> that is definitely a law of impossibility. Yeah. yeah. And that you know when you're there, and like I've had several laws of impossibility occur. By the way, Doremi Fasolacido is not one thing in your life. It's every area. So romance, career, community, like every one of those things has its own Doremi Fasolacido. Right. And even when you're done, you can do another one. I mean, it's like there's no one saying like, that's it once, right. you, once you get to Cido. Right. So, yeah, law of impossibility is not. Um, and so they use this structure in cinema. So mm-hmm. if you look at a screenplay, like this is the part, like not the inciting incident, but like the second inciting incident where shit hits the fan. Like if it's right. like a hockey team, like it's the part where they're bloody and this like underdog team is losing and the everyone's coming. Kind of, what? Is it, is that what it is? The denouement? Is that what it's called? It's like right when they're, before they're about to win, they get like set back. Yes. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah, well, there's a name for Yeah, so the, yep. that's the law of impossibility. Okay. And so this is, and it's just so beautiful to see that, and that reason that's <clears throat> used is because, again, it's so inspiring because our what we're trying to do here on this planet, despite the fact that most of us aren't aware of it, is build a soul. To create a soul. Like an acorn is created into an oak tree. Do you know how many acorns? go uncreated like yes. how many acorns just lay around on the ground do not turn into an oak tree it's like a high percentage of them. Yeah. yeah so that's what souls are doing like we're here to grow a soul it's not definite it's not promised you said we all have a soul we all have the possibility of a soul we don't all have a soul mm. in the sense that we to have a soul is to embody a soul mm-hmm. it's to be an embodiment of the soul the fact that you have one who cares like if you if you have a billion dollars but it's locked in a cellar in Kenya and you can't get to it and it's kept like what what good is it right so that's kind of how most people have their soul they're like i guess i have one let's go have a beer right Right. It's a it's an afterthought. So we're creating this soul. We get to we get to the love and possibility. And do we get if to get through that? You need meditation. You need prayer. You need community. You need a high level of understanding of these laws that are working against you. And if you can do that, you can get to Cedo, which is completion. I thought it was tea. That's because that's what she sang in... Tea, a drink with jam and bread? Yeah, but then it really is, in all the books that I've read about this law, it really is called oh. Cedo. So I was like, I don't get it. All right. I trust you. Yeah. Fuck Julie Andrews. No, just kidding. <laughs> never. The sound of music. Never. Maybe I love it's Julie Andrews. The high C. I, yeah, I don't know. I, In the note. Yeah. C do. Yeah. It's spelled S I though, which is also confusing. But it maybe it's Italian or Latin. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It might be like it might a, be Latin. Yeah. Just like a different iteration. And then we got the American version. Huh. But that's okay. Anyway, I'm very into what you're saying. So sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. So then there's Cido, and Cido is completion. It's very big deal. So it's like Oprah, Michael Jordan. Like there's a few people in the world that you can look at, and you're like, Doctor Dre. Yes, Doctor Dre. No one talks about how Dr. Dre is in the Cedos. But we need to. Did. We should write an entire song about that. Yeah. Cedo. Just Cedo. rewrite Mother one of his songs. I think of Cedo every time I hear that little note, those notes. I'm like, that. That's it. That's yeah. what Cedo fucking sounds like. Mm-hmm. Right. Cedo has a sound. So how do you like? Because I, I feel like some people or. You don't even, when you're in the um, fa, 
Wait, do re mi do do re mi first phase, second phase, second phase, fasola, fasola. Okay, that's like me trying the to remember ravine. the fucking alphabet. I couldn't do it. Um, but <laughs> I was like, what is the alphabet? When you're in that phase, like I feel that that you do get so you can get so complacent or settled, cozy, cozy, if you will, that you might not even ever come up against the law of impossibility because, like, I feel that maybe, and this is just a personal thing, but part part of my own suffering and creation of suffering is that like I do want to get past it yeah. but I see some people who like are to- seemingly completely content in that other part and I'm like that seems nice uh, like that doesn't seem right that bad well they're still living in the law of impossibility right? right because the law of impossibility says that you are more concerned with being in Fasala than you are with creating your soul right so there is this dualistic mm. That pursuit, I like. Right? That's very interesting. So is there, what, so like how can we work through the law of impossibility? Massive effort. Massive effort. Massive effort. And also a dual um, focal point. So like you have one focal point on your life and then another focal point on the true aim that you have in life, which is to, be, to grow your soul, to be connected to your soul, to be connected to the divine. And if that's not there, then no amount of pursuit inside this like matrix of life is going to matter anyway, regardless of whether you settle at Fasola, get stuck in Do Re Mi. I mean, I know people in all walks of life, mm-hmm. in every phase of this, in all areas of their life. And the one thing that they have in common is that there's no evidence inside of that law of success diagram that says that whether someone is connected to their, to their soul or not. Right. It's totally a personal experience. Mm-hmm. Like only you can really know that. Yeah. But also you cannot know that. Like you can be deluded. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think for me it was an awakening to realize how ambitious I was because that I think it takes more courage personally. Like the other day when I was in Russell Simmons' meditation and he said that he was enlightened, I suddenly was like, that's all I want hmm. is to be able to say that <laughs> and like truly mean it and know that I've done like real work to like hmm. allow that whatever that means to him. Like right. he has contentment in his life. Hmm. And I was like suddenly like, oh, that's all I care about. Hmm. It was really interesting where it's like it is an ambitious pursuit. And it's a different kind of ambition than we're kind of taught in, like, you know, our schooling, American, uh, really, ambition just just means, like, money, I think, when we're growing up. Right. And then it's, like, a different kind of thing. But can't you be, like, soulfully ambitious and also um, materially ambitious? I'm actually saying that, to for me, and in fourth-way work and the, te- the work that I teach, mm-hmm. that's actually the only way that it happens. Okay, I'm obsessed with that. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it, too. I love and that. And I've mastered it, so I'm really excited <laughs> about that, too. I would not go as far as to say that I'm enlightened. Yeah. But, um, I, I uh, you know, that's just not the way that I would phrase we it. We all have our uh, <laughs> our idioms and our way yeah. of talking about things. Yeah. So, okay, I would love to, like, give... I, I want there to be, like, a strong takeaway of yeah. just, like, you know, for anyone who's identifying when they're listening in either what kind of... St- state that they might feel that they're in or what they're coming up against um I want to like direct them somewhere or like give a tool I know we're going to do a meditation with you which I'm so excited about yay Um, for our Patreon page yeah 
Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I do want to mention that you you do events all over the country and world, but you do have one coming up in LA November 7th, and we have a promo code that is retrograde for, was it 20% off? I think so, 15% 15 off. 15 something. something. Like you get a nice little bro deal discount from your friends here at So Retrograde if you want to check out Biet's work. Um, you're on Spotify. Yes, and my records actually, like, the songs are named after these laws. So it's Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sol, La, Si, Do, and The Love. Like, yeah, the interval and Live second for you. interval. Wait, so the book is going to be all 44 laws? And yes. How long is this book? Fall of 2018. Uh, it's short. It's sort of like a real, it's sim- it's a simple read. Each law only is about three pages. Okay. Um, So you can really, I mean, it's good to read it in order, but it's mm-hmm. meant to, it's a handbook, so you can read it infinitum like for the rest of your life it just go through law by law by law are there certain laws that are more um like popular seems like a stupid way of asking but like more prominent or um like the ones that are the most uh like tense around people's feelings of soulfulness Hmm. no they're i mean they're They're all all relevant yeah they're all relevant and they're all standing in our way Mm. so it's not like once and once you read them you're like oh yeah fuck (laughs) (laughs) and then you're like yeah with the work you're doing you're really bringing a really dare I say modern perspective into these older ideas and you're able to to reach a lot of people I think through that perspective with incorporating art and incorporating you know, messaging what you're doing towards people who are like living in a world that it in which it's okay to want success and and right. to own a home and you know want to wear cool clothes and all of that. So, what are you learn? What have you learned most? Like, what's your takeaway about people in general that you get to work with? Is there a common thread? Yeah, I mean, people are beautiful. You know, they really have they have this incredible potential and they they deeply want to be reminded. And I think that those are the people that are gravitating towards this work. Right. Mm -hmm. So like if you're not interested, you're not going to be coming to my event anyway. So that's what I find is I and I feel so blessed, too, because I get like drawn the best, most open people. So so cool. Such a fan. Yay, ditto. I feel like I need to mention that denouement is actually the climax. Oh. And not the law of impossible. Did you have have people, are you imagining people in their cars being like, nope. Yeah, I am. (laughs) People are going to come for me and be like, this bitch says denouement and she is not right. And I don't want to be wrong. I want to admit when I'm wrong. And I was confused. I haven't been in a college theater class. I love your vulnerability. Thanks for fact-checking. Thank you. You go there. (laughs) Thanks for fact-checking. I fact-checked. I had the guy in my ear um, at the other side of the stadium. Yeah. Letting me know. Perfect. Inside of Google. Yeah, we love you. Love you. Thank you you so much. Where can our listeners find you? Um, I have a website. Cool. It's bietsimkin.com. And that's B-I-E-T-S-I-M-K-I-N.com. Yep. Simkin. Yeah. And then I have uh, Guided by Biet is my Instagram, which Beautiful. is a really good way to connect. And I post all of my events there. And you were recently did a photo shoot 
for uh, W Magazine that my friend Rami did your makeup for. Was Harper's Bazaar. Harper's Bazaar. That was like so amazing. I got a picture. Oh, uh, Rami, so, who's an amazing so makeup artist, and I got a picture with both of them. I was like loving this. The connection. That's <laughs> so great. good. So cool. I'm so proud. All this episode see... made me want is to just like immediately deep dive in the work that you're doing. Yeah. So, we'll come on the seventh if you can. Definitely. Awesome. Yeah, I want we'll to be there. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Yes, that's a retrograde. This portion of That's a Retrograde is brought to you by Care of Vitamins. We are very excited about this. A, we've got sponsors. We're open to it. It's and amazing. And we love our sponsors. We love Care of so much. It's so cool. It is a really fun website in which you can go and take a quiz and figure out which vitamins you need. And then you get a fun little month's worth of daily packets sent to you with your name on it based on what you might be needing in your life. And I love it because I used to be that like weird grandma who had Ziploc baggies full of vitamins and just like weird dusty powders Clankin. all over her purse and it was not cute. And now with Care Of, I get to be like a sexy vitamin taker. Exactly. And what I love is I worked my with my acupuncturist to figure out like what vitamins and supplements I wanted to be taking. And then I could just go in and select what would go in the packet. I didn't like you you can do the quiz or you can customize it for exactly what you want. And what's even better, we've got a fun offer. If you go to takecareof.com, enter promo code so retrograde, you get 50% off your first month of vitamins. So you guys, why don't you namaste taking your vitamins? Let's do it. It's time for Roses and thorns. Yay. Love that jingle. I love roses and I appreciate their thorns. I love a bouquet even. They make me respect the rose. Total. Oh, you know what? There you go. Yeah. For that, I'm going to say I don't have a thorn today. Oh, do I? My thorn is just that, you know, my, my pregnant Halloween situation <laughs> was just, it's tough to be pregnant like- and not have a baby inside it of was you a psychological or have a boyfriend. Mind fuck. Yeah, I got mind fucked on Halloween and it's Being a major a single thorn. mom is hard. Yeah, so hard. Um, we respect you ladies so much. Um, but I will say this. Even though every rose has its thorn, I don't know if this particular rose has a thorn for me just yet because it is what I would like to deem as the latest adventure manifesting in the world of so retrograde and mm-hmm. elizabeth cut mm-hmm. so you ready for it we're ready are you on the edge of your seat i literally am okay so as you all might have you know information you might have gained from listening to the show over the years is that i elizabeth cut enjoy a reality television moment we are well aware and a little worried some might be concerned yeah. i on the other hand have accepted that it is part of my wellness journey and it just makes me happy and that's okay and I'm still smart (laughs) but um Mm, anyway (laughs) anyway um Vanderpump Rules it's a show I've loved for many seasons it's on its sixth season girlfriend of ours Allie works on the show director director of director how she got what is she will say her dream job is she came to an event with hosted by That's So Retrograde with our favorite Reiki and mindfulness coach, Kelsey Patel. Mm-hmm. And in this event, it was, I believe it was our Bloomingdale's event, Kelsey had kind of like picked her out and like picked on her a little bit and kind of helped her get to a breakthrough. Said breakthrough then led to her getting her dream Vanderpump Rules director job, which 
I was jumping up and down it. Like, that was literally the most exciting thing of life. Anyway, they were looking for a mindfulness specialist to then incorporate onto the show. Because everyone knows that Jax is unbalanced. <laughs> so... Okay, he's got a cocaine problem and 14 new noses. This past week... It's true. And he's also <laughs> tried to hook up with both Stephanie and, and I, but that is no, a whole other story. No, he didn't really... Okay. That, I feel like I aggressively shamed him, and that made him want to fuck me, which makes sense because okay. he has issues. Right. You were just at a club, and he asked you to do some lines with him. And that... No, he wanted to go home. Off your tits. <laughs> got it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Got it. Anyway. Um... <laughs> This is a wellness this show. This is a wellness show, everybody. Um, so, I don't cut to the season six mega trailer of Vanderpump Rules has just been released, and who is prominently featured on said trailer, trailer is Miss Kelsey Patel. The point of this story is that a major plot line within the new season of Vanderpump Rules is happening because of yours truly. And that may be a stretch, but it's my I truth. I don't think it's that much of a stretch. You know, I like to take things away <laughs> yeah, from you. Yeah, I know you I really feel do. Like that's actually quite true. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, you connected that. And you know, between I'll high five you, hun. Thank. Oh, that is the, all the validation I need. You got it, girl. Honestly, between that and the New York Housewives doing roses and thorns, like I don't know what else to do. You're, I just feel like I'm living my. It's bliss. evidence that you're living in your truth. And I'm in the the fossil law for sure. <laughs> Just don't max out on Kelsey on Vanderpump. <laughs> don't hit the law of impossibility with with uh, her holding Jax's exactly, hand. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So that's pretty exciting. Congratulations, Elizabeth. Thanks, Mama. Um, my rose, since you asked, is <laughs> I was waiting for a sexual beat. That was what you were going to say. They happen all the time in uh, stage work and cinema. Okay, it says beat. And then yeah. the next line. Right, right, right. Okay, so. You've heard of it. Beats, have you heard of them? Um, <laughs> by Dre. By Dre. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, what was my rose? Oh, yeah. God, guys. Tantris yoga is just serving up all the love for me, and I just want to shout it out. Again. Thank. Did I already shout we it out? We talked about it in the Sof Bush episode. God damn it. I can't give but it enough okay. love. that's okay. Thank you, Alexa. You're changing my life. Um, Our friend Alexa works for them. Yeah. And. Um, Hi, Alexa. If you have a chance to go to a Friday night meditation with russell simmons do it i recommend it he is um i like to think of us as the def jam of podcasts and wellness so it's our new tagline do you guys uh, like it what do you guys think about that instagram story vote yes or no also okay well this is a side rose and then just gonna throw this at you um on sunday when i woke up um having had a terrible miscarriage <laughs> <laughs> I was very alone and sad and um, couldn't find the emoji pillow that was doubling up as my pregnancy belly, which I thought was a fun extra joke. That is. No one got it. Um, Did you birth a smiley face I emoji? I birthed a winky face oh, emoji. cute. So anyways, I woke up and I walked. I took a hit off my Humboldt pen, relieved because I had some gnarly fucking cramps. My life right now. Walked to the bagel store and bought not one. But two bagels. Was it my fault? Yeah, it was Elizabeth mentioned the word bagel, and then I got high and like unconsciously walked, <laughs> actually very consciously and directedly walked to the bagels. But I couldn't decide which one I wanted. I wanted both the cinnamon raisin bagel with cream cheese and an un, uh, uh, poppy seed bagel with chive cream, mm -hmm. chive cream cheese, and I couldn't decide. So then in my mind, I made up this narrative that I had a boyfriend at home and that I was getting him a bagel. And then when I asked for two bagels, I pretended that I was getting it for someone else. And then when they gave me the two bagels, I thought, 
I hope they know the second one is for my boyfriend. And then I walked home and climbed into bed and proceeded to eat both bagels, one kind in one hand and the other kind in the other hand, while binging on Big Mouth on Netflix. And what a rosy time. That actually sounds really fun. Letting myself like feel all the feels. And like living your best. And and watching cartoons and eating bagels. And it was just like, I recommend like falling off. Like there was a part of me was like, I can't eat a bagel and cream cheese. Like that's so not like in my wellness routine and like what's gonna happen and like I just was kind of like spiraling and judging and then I went into the fucking bagel store and there was like 25 people in there so I was like obviously people are eating bagels in 2017 yeah and it just felt so good to like fully just like do exactly what I wanted and in that moment like watching cartoons and eating bagels was my self-care and it just like was honestly I such a liberating experience every bone in my being I was like what am I gonna eat some fucking salad and just be like mizzy but it does remind me of a thorn. What? This is why I ended up having... You ended up getting a bagel because of this thorn because I called you because I was so appalled. Oh, right. Okay, so I went to Alfred Coffee. I'm going to put them on blast in Silver Lake. And they now have bagels there. I got two bagels. Not toasted, not sliced, no cream cheese. I was making bagel sandwiches at home. $3 a piece. I paid $6 for two <laughs> fucking bagels. This Jew from Detroit is not happy about that. Those things are 40 cents a piece at best. $6 for half a dozen to a dozen. Mine with toasted with cream cheese was $3 at Sam's. That's a full sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. I I was, I, I don't know. I'm just upset. I get it. I just overpaying for carbs that are not even like the best of the best carbs. Mm-hmm. Like LA bagels just aren't that good. Sorry. Yeah. No, they're not. I could honestly do a whole episode on it, but <laughs> we, we'll save it for another time. I think it's time we uh, wrap this show Let's up. Let's wrap it up. I Thank feel you. like we've really run the gamut. So much to be at Simpkin. Guys, check out her event. It's going to be very cool. Um, also, check out our event, Sage Wellness in Venice on November 9th. Hers is November 7th. We've got a code. You guys, it's November. Stephanie's birthday is coming up tomorrow. Ah. It might um, have already passed, but still send her some love. I love you, Steph. I'm so happy to be on this journey with you. Thank you. Check us out at Still Retrograde on Instagram and your various social media networks. And uh, namaste listening. Love to love ya. Yes, that's a retrograde.